Um, I'm going to start, Paul, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and uh, Paul uh, had spent the first three chapters uh, trying to get us to understand the magnitude of who God is, uh, all that he's done for us, uh, the, the charge that he, Paul has on his life as a result of what God had done in his life, that he had turned his whole life towards everything to do with helping people to understand how much God loves you. First and foremost, how much you're loved. And we're going to pick up on that in verse 14. He says, when I think of all this, this means what God has done, what he's, what he's suffered for you, what he's purchased for uh, in relationship to your life, etc. He says, when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, capital S. Oh, that's my prayer. I pray that's your prayer. See, everything from this is, as it relates to... Uh, understanding things of God, he's going to give you the power to do that. So tapping into his power, now he's, we're transitioning from how great God is to, to how it, what it really means down here for you. Okay, so God is so great and he's so loving, and, but what does it mean to you? And the only way you're going to fully understand that is by understanding him and him in you. And he's the one who's going to give you the power to even understand. Does that make sense? Even give you the power to understand. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Who doesn't want Christ to make his home in your heart? Amen? Like, I want his home right in the center of my being. He says it comes through something, though, right? It comes through our trust in him. It, it's all coming from a place of faith, amen? So when we recognize and trust in that, he is going to reveal things through that trust. And the more you place your trust, the more he will reveal his truth. If you're waiting for him to do, like if he made his home in your hearts without your trusting, how, what would that even look like? You couldn't even hardly grasp the magnitude of what it, what's happened. Are you with me? So my trust reveals who he is. And, and so all of us, I believe, need to have a bigger vision of who God is. Like, let's, let's bring the magnitude of how big God is into your current situation and have him give you the power to understand that. And he wants to do that. He wants to do that. He says that he'll make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And here's what happens as a result of that. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Man, I want my roots to go down. Like I want him in my heart and my roots just to go down in there. Rochelle and I transplanted some plants yesterday and, and she kept telling me, you got to go deeper, Jay. You got to go deeper. And, and I'm like, why? Because these roots are deep. And I'm like, that's a healthy plant right there, amen? I want, I want to go deep. I want my roots deep down into his love. But it's as I trust in him. Again, it just kind of goes with it. The more I trust, the deeper it goes because he reveals his love for me every single time. And may you have the power, again, to understand, as all God's people should. Now, check that out. 
He's telling us we should know this, but it comes through his power that we would be able to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Like he's, he's covered every dimension. And there's probably a couple of more dimensions that he couldn't explain to us. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like I tell my kids and grandkids, I'll say something like, do you know how much I love you? And they'll be like, yeah. I'll say, you're not even close. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They aren't even close. And, and I think about that as I think of, of God and his love for me. It's like I'm getting more and more to understand his love for me. I'm getting to understand it more. And he keeps reminding me, you're still not even close. So much more he wants to show. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Man, that's Paul. Recognize he's encouraging you with all of this. And where is he right now? He's in prison. <laughs> that's so amazing. What, what happens as a result? He says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So do you see that this is the source of where we start from? Is the magnitude of how much God loves you. He's in the center of your heart. He's purchased all of these things for you. His own life he gave for you, right? He purchased you from the evil one. He's deposited in you his very Holy Spirit. He wants you to know how much he loves you and what kind of power you walk in. From that place, he wants all of us to be complete. Maybe some of you today came in and aren't feeling complete there. What lie are you believing? Amen? What lie are you believing about yourself? Maybe that you're not worthy or that you're not loved enough. Well, he wants you to know that he loves you more than words. Amen? And so he might be saying to you this morning, like your word for he being here this morning is that he loves you more than you could ever imagine. Maybe you came in with the question this morning, does God really love me? Oh, you have no idea how much. Like you're not even close. Praise God. Now, to, now all glory go to God who is able... Through his mighty work, mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could might ask or think. Whose power? His power. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul in these first three chapters has, again, helped us to see the magnitude of God's love for us and all that he's done in the good news on the cross. So in the next couple of chapters, what's our response to that? What do we do as a result of all that he's done for us? Paul says, therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You have been called by God. Each of you in this room have been called by God. You have a calling on your life from God. And he wants you to understand what that calling is. And he wants you to recognize that in that calling, whatever it is, these are the foundational things of your calling. This is what it looks like in your calling. Is first and foremost that you will always be humble. 
as a result of all that he's done and what he's done for you is to always be humble and gentle. I'm speaking to some men in here that it's really hard to be gentle. It's like you've never taught how to be gentle. Gentleness is something that you can't do in your own strength. But you can in his. You can be gentle in the spirit of God. In your flesh where it's impossible, he makes the impossible possible. But you have to be coming from that source. Remember from that place where you're full with the love of Christ and who he is in you and whose you are, understanding that the overflow of that will be characters of him and not of you. Character traits of his, not yours. The fruit of the Spirit, not yours. So by saying, I'm not gentle, you're right in your flesh. But in the Spirit, it's a gift. It's a fruit. It's a byproduct. So if, in fact, you're dealing in relationships and you're not showing gentleness, you're operating in the flesh and not the Spirit. Draw the Lord into your situation and he will even give you gentleness. Be patient with each other. I heard a couple of chuckles. Patience, again, is a gift. It's a byproduct of that place of fullness. You can find yourself being patient where you used to say, I just don't have patience. That was one of my mom's favorite expressions. I've got no patience for that. Ever heard that one? Got no patience for that. Oh, praise God that when you understand how loved you are and all that he's done for you, that you can even show patience towards one another. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. I don't need to say nothing here. (laughs) Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. You see that, what, did, what, what jumps out, make every effort. Unity and peace is challenging. The evil one himself is going to do everything he can to prevent unity and prevent peace. In this that we've got going on in the world right now, it is instantaneous where divisiveness comes in. We can be so hurt or insulted Having a different viewpoint, persecution is like right around the corner. I'm just going to share this. Last week we had, for the first time that I know of, someone within the church that came up positive for for COVID. It's no surprise to anyone. Maybe it's a surprise that it was somebody this close to home. But I want you to know that you're passing people each and every day that are affected by this virus, okay? Wherever we are. But we don't live in that environment. We live in the kingdom of God. Amen? And no weapon formed against us can prosper unless we allow it to. 
And the evil one has attempted to create division even within this church body by allowing that to come through the doors here. And it caused friction. It caused hurt. It caused all kinds of things in relationships. Instantly. United. Make every effort to stay united in the spirit. We need to be praying one for another that no weapon formed against us prospers and it doesn't go another inch from here. And that it dies here. It dies wherever it comes near us in Jesus' name. And that's what we're going to stand on. Amen. I'm not going to bow to taking temperatures at the front door. That's not faith in God. That's faith in a temperature. But I do want us as a body to be mindful of those around us that we be loving. If there's things that you feel for yourself that you could be harmful to someone else, that's about being other-centered and not self-centered. I don't care how bad you think you need church. If you need prayer, I'll come, I'll come to you. Amen? I'm not afraid to come to you, but I don't want any fear to rise up where there's controversy and conflict amongst our body because we're going to pursue peace in here. Amen? And that weapon formed against us will not prosper. I pray against it in Jesus' name. We need to stand together as a church body that it will not, it, it is null and void here in Jesus' name. I'm even denying the report. I just say it is wrong in Jesus' name. I'm not even agreeing with the report in Jesus' name. It's dying right there. It has no hold on us here. That's my faith, and I'm sticking to it. Because as I trust in Him, and as he continues to show himself to me through the power of his insight, I know how much more he loves me, how wide and tall and deep and wide and long he is, how much he loves me. He's not going to let those things happen. He's going to do more than I can think or imagine. Amen. Amen. You want to see healing? Come on in. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. So we need to keep ourselves united in the Spirit. We need to make allowances for each other's fault. We need to walk in humility. We need to have patience with each other. But know that you're protected by God and God alone. He is our shield. We sang about it this morning. For there is one body and one Spirit. Just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. How many of you have hope for the future? Man, I, yes! Man, I have such hope for the future. Oh! He's, he's riding on a cloud. These are the days of Elijah. He's waiting. Like, I, I, when I pray about, I want him to come this afternoon. I do. I do want him to come this afternoon, but I know that there's those that we need. The harvest is ripe, and he's tarrying for them. Amen? So let's get busy, church, because the busier we get, the quicker he comes. Amen? He's asking us to just do our part. We've all been called. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Man, He's, a, he's still on the throne, church. Amen. Oh, these elections. Man, can you, can you get into that? 
Oh, man, it just makes me throw up. But God, I know one thing is for sure. God's going to be on the throne November 3rd and 4th. Oh, praise be to God. However, he's given each of us a special gift. That's each of us. Everyone in this room has been given a special gift. Not that he hasn't already done enough for us, but he's also given you a special gift. And there's a purpose in this gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why the scriptures say when he, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice, that he, notice it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. To include you. Like you're part of the universe he's filling. Amen? That's just... Uh. So now these, these are the gifts. These are the gifts that he's given us. The church. The apostles. Paul was an apostle. Paul was an apostle, and I love Paul because, man, he was a groundbreaker. He was the tip of the plow guy. He went where nothing had been before, and he just turned stuff up. And he planted seed in that soil. He was a planter. That's Paul. That's your apostle. He goes out, plants stuff, turns stuff up, gets good seed in the ground, and then keeps encouraging and asking God to water that seed. That's our apostles. God gave me an apostolic view when he had me launch this church. This ain't my church. This ain't my idea. This was his idea. My idea would have died, but... <laughs> But his idea is going to continue to flourish. And I believe that even this DNA that's been established in this church, the blood that's been established in this church, will replicate itself. There's going to be seeds just like this sown in other places, in other towns, in small towns and villages as a result of you carrying that seed into whatever environment that is. Because there is a DNA in this church. Amen? And it's different than another church, and all of them have their heartbeat on something. Christ and Christ alone being the center, but you can sense that there's, you should be able to expre express in seven elevator floors what this church is about. Amen? You should be able to share based on what you're hearing each week, every week, the, the, the thread that goes through it, there's a DNA in it. Here it's about identity and who you are in Christ the magnitude of the work of the cross, amen, and how to walk this thing out. And not being okay is okay. Amen. That is going to be what you're going to hear each and every week that you come here. I don't care what week you come or don't come. Now, there's other churches with a different heartbeat. Maybe it's God's grace on your life. Maybe it has something to do with just real evangelism. Maybe it's family evangelism. Maybe everyone has it. You all have been to enough churches to know what I'm talking about, right? But this, it says that there are various, various riches. There's various riches in these churches. But they're all praising one God, one Lord, one church, one spirit, one baptism, it says. Amen? So that we can all come together bringing God glory.
The apostles are important in that. Next, we've got the prophets. Prophets, we're doing a prophecy class on Monday nights to help you to just live life in prophecy. Come and learn more. I believe that when you take the word of God that was written 2,000 years ago and we're reading it this morning and we're bringing fresh revelation to today, making it a now word, that's prophecy. Edifying, building, encouraging the church. So along with being a pastor, which is pastor is one of them, Rochelle and I feel like we're, doesn't matter how old or young you are, uh, we feel a mothering and a fathering over you. Like I have a fathering concern for each of you. I've also been given by the Lord a compassion that's even a nurturing and a mothering over each of you. I pray for you more than you know. I carry your, I carry your burdens to the Lord. Amen? I, 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 I want you to know I can't help that. It's a gift from God, and I'm so grateful for it. And my bride and I have that same, same heartbeat by the grace of God that's a gift for the church, amen? The evangelist, that's, an, that's a pretty easy one, right? The evangelist, the Billy Graham of the day, the Gary of the day, the Kelly of the day. You know who you are. You go into a place and you can't help but share the gospel. You just can't help it. You start with the waiter and then you finish with the person that pay, takes the bill. You just can't help it. Praise God for that gift, amen? Praise God for the. It's a gift for the church and the teachers, 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 I'm speaking to you. Teachers, many of you are not teaching in the body of Christ because one of the challenges teachers have is that you feel like you have to know everything before you teach something. You become students of learning, and you, need to feel, you feel like you need to learn more before you share more. You've got the gift. Use it for God's glory. You'll continue to learn. You'll continue to learn as you're teaching. Amen? It's in the, in the teaching that the Lord is going to give you fresh revelation. It isn't about your capacity. He's given you that gift. So if you love to teach, man, the church needs you. I can't wait to see who comes forward as a result of that because there's all kinds of teaching opportunities within the church. Now, why did he do all this? Their responsibility. There's a responsibility with your gift. We got our grandson one of these uh, Paw Patrol cars. Crazy. Made all kinds of silly noises and spun around in circles and all that. We gave it to him as a gift. But the first thing he had to do was play with it. Amen? For it to come to life for him. He had to use it. That's how he got to know what it could do, what it was about. We got to laugh and watch him as he explored what that gift meant. Amen? God has given you that. Be just like a child. Have childlike faith to begin to operate in it. Allow yourself to experience what that gift is and let God reveal it to you as you explore. Amen? And he's up there just like I was watching my grandson ear to ear. Look at my boy. Look at my boy. He's just using that that I gave him. He's doing so well with it. Look, he found that thing too on it. Amen? Oh, he got that button. <laughs> Praise be to God. But he gives them the responsibility, and it's to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
You see how critically important you are to us? Why his word says that we belong to each other? So as you're being taught, as you're being understanding things of God, and he's giving you gifts for things, who is it for? It's not for you. He's given it to you with a responsibility to equip and build up the church body. And this will continue. This is really encouraging. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Isn't that cool? Like, it's possible. He's telling us right here it's possible. But it's going to be possible through each of us doing that which he's calling us to do. This is good news again, verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Man. We, we have a responsibility, church, to be able to know God in such a way that we'll know the counterfeit instantly. To walk in that. To not be simpletons. You know what a simpleton is? As somebody who just, if Facebook said it, it's got to be true. How critically important is it that you know truth? There's nothing more important. That's why Paul said there's, it's infinitely more valuable than anything else. Everything else is garbage in comparison to knowing Christ. Because to know Christ is to know truth. And if you know truth, when the counterfeit comes up, it rises up instantly. Hey, I got to check on my spirit in that. Ever heard that? Ever sensed that? Man, hang on. to You can trust it. And as you trust it, the roots grow down deep into his love. Amen? If you hear something, even if it came from this pulpit here, I'll do my best to never do anything contrary to what the Lord would have me to say. But if you have a check in your spirit over anything that comes across here, I need you to not only go home and, and ask the Lord to reveal it to you, then you need to come to me and share with me what the Lord revealed to you. Amen? I mean, I, 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 you owe that to me. I want that from you. I don't want you to go and try another church because it's going to happen to you there too. You're going to run around a lot until you're mature in the Lord and you just know. And then you can sit in the service and I don't care what service it is. I can always get something from the Lord in every service I'm in. Doesn't matter what church I could go to, any church in this, any Bible believing church in this in this city, in this country, and if I have the mind of Christ and my ears are open to the things of the Holy Spirit, I will glean things from that service. If I'm there trying to find the falsehood to be able to downgrade that thing, it, guess what? I'll get nothing of the good from it. If you guys are wrestling with things with church, and in here we've got a few different churches represented because of the mask thing and some of that stuff, I want you to know whatever you're wrestling with, wrestle with it with God. And he's going to give you understanding and revelation as to where you need to be planted. Because when, then when you're planted, see all of the things that we're talking about here this morning is about our body. 
And unless we're planted here, and it's awesome that you're here and being a part, we want to love on you more than life. We want you to know that you're loved and everything is going to be okay. And wherever you end up worshiping, praise God, but make your roots grow there. Amen? Because that grounded and rooted place is what the Lord is going to be able to use for that heartbeat of that church to be a DNA that makes a difference in the community. And all of us have our part. Amen? You guys are thinking so hard right now. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of cool. But God is going to lead you in that. I'll also say this. If you feel like, if you feel like God is leading you to a change, that you go to whatever pastor that you've been under the spiritual guidance of and share with that individual why. Ask that they would bless you in it. Because this isn't about competition. We're one body, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism. Come on. We got one purpose, and that's to help people to know Christ and Christ's love for them. That's our purpose. And that's every church's purpose. But you need to invest with that responsibility that God has given you into that body that's there. Amen? And if it ends up being here, praise be to God. If you feel led to go somewhere else, praise be to God. But to God be all the glory. I want us to be at the complete standard of Christ. That's what I want. That we wouldn't be tossed around and people would trick us into believing things that aren't true. That we'd be grounded in truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Man, oh, I want us to look like Jesus. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Not just our church, the whole body. Amen? Oh, we need to do more with other churches in the community. I hope that that's one of the things that this stupid thing has done is cause some of these walls to get knocked down so we can start doing some more stuff together. Man, that's amen. Right on. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the authority, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. He's talking to believers here. We Remember these other ones? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's fault because of love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. As opposed to your mind being full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. See, it's really you're hardening your heart against others that hardens your heart against him. It's the same thing. If you have an offense to someone, you've hardened your heart against someone, God is saying, you've hard- whatever you do to that one, you've done to me. We need, to, we need to be transparent as well as repentant. It's okay. 
If you've been thinking that way, if you've been feeling that way, the only decision that matters is the next one you make. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Yeah, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Throw off. That's your part. Amen? He took it off on the cross. Your part is to throw it off of you. It wants to come back and get on you. Every time it comes near you, taking that thought captive to obedience to Christ and throwing off the old self, you know it. You know what he's tempting you in even now. It's the same thing that got you the last time because he's not that creative. And so when you throw that thing off, you're protecting yourself from that thing that you got you the last time and the, maybe the last time and the last time before that. Amen? Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on... Here we go. We took off. Now we got to put on. Put on robes of righteousness. Put on truth. Put on the fruit of the Spirit. Put on Christ. I want to have the robes of righteousness as I walk in, my, in this life. That when people see you and see your eyes, they're a lamp onto your heart. And your heart has roots that grow down deep into God's love. And his home, God's home is right there. Amen. That's putting it on. And you put that on. When you put that on consciously, when something else comes against that, any temptation that seizes you that comes against that, you, you're like, nah, no chance. Amen? Just no chance. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Get away from me. Get behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. Amen? Ooh. We could put them on. And then created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. When you put on righteousness and holiness, impurity cannot penetrate you. If you put on unrighteousness and sin, that's where the hardness of the heart comes to where the love of God, he will only demolish that stronghold if you invite him. Man, it's quiet in here, ain't it? He so wants you to have this full life. <sighs> so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And we don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun down, go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Man, we lie a lot. We do. In the flesh, we lie a lot. There's, lot, there's a lot of people that come in even to the church and put on a face that's not their real face. 
It's a lie. Stop lying to each other. If you're not well, it's okay. As a matter of fact, if you're not well, you're a guest of honor here. God's purposed you to be here if you're not well. But if you come in here and act like you're well, it's a lie. But to the extent that you can reveal truth about what you're walking through, that's when the body of Christ can come around as we belong to each other, lift you up in that area, pray healing in that area, and then we all participate in the rejoicing of watching what God does in your life. Amen? So we got to stop lying to each other. Many of us use anger to keep people from us. Okay? So if I show anger, it's like a form of self-preservation. Even fear, if fear can rise up in anger because you think you might be afraid, but if I can overcome Lord over this, that I can conquer that fear with anger. It's a lie. He's trying to help us to understand that you might become angry, but don't go to, don't go to bed with that anger because that foothold of that anger will be destructive to every relationship. When I see my kids get hurt, it's like I'm going to be the first one there. Get out of my way. I actually get a little angry. And it's fear. It's fear. I don't want anything to happen to them, and it's happened, and I don't know what to do with all of this, so it comes across as anger. I can't let that carry my day. But to be in a relationship with someone, Rochelle and I can reveal what's under the anger. Amen? It's to be transparent and real. Don't go to bed in that place. If you're in a in a place with your spouse or one of the kids where you're going to bed and you still feel that thing. Man, it doesn't mean just stop being angry. It means to go to that person, grab them by the hands, and begin to, first of all, pray, Lord, Lord, would you help me to be able to explain why I'm, a, why I'm angry? Give me the words. Help me to be vulnerable, humble, be vulnerable as to why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And if you are the spouse and your, your significant other is angry, go to them and say, honey, I just want to pray. Rochelle does it all the time. She senses that. She goes, we need to pray. I don't want to pray. <laughs> oh, we need to pray. <laughs> but by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God in that prayer, finds what's underneath that anger and exposes it, brings it to light. We come together as one in that place, loving into me, see stuff. Man, don't go to bed like that. It's a lie. It's okay that you're not okay. It's okay that you, def I, it's okay that you get angry if you're scared. But don't let somebody think you're just angry. It's just the way I am and I'm an angry person. No. You got a lot of hurts. Amen. Yeah. And in that anger, it's what you do with it that determines it, right? It's an emotion. It's a God-given emotion. Do you think God gets angry? He's angry at sin, man. He hates it. 
And he took it all, all of his anger he took out on his son. I want you to know he took out all that anger on his son. Yeah. And one had healthy roots and was put in the ground and was thriving. And God showed me another one where roots were just all shriveled up. And God was saying, you need to trim off those bad roots so that you can grow. Mm, praise the Lord. Yeah. That's, thank you. And that's the, that's the putting off again, isn't it? That's the cutting off. It's the putting off. It's a responsibility each of us have. So don't give the devil a foothold, right? If you're a thief, quit stealing. I can't help it. It's a lie. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. You see how he flipped the script there? Not only if you're, thie if you're thieving, quit it. But don't be a thief. Be a giver. <laughs> like, totally punch the devil in the face. As opposed to buying into that you got to thieve something, use your hands to do something, and then give it away and see what that does for you. Don't use foul or abusive language. Uh-oh. I know I've shared this with you guys before, but it's worth sharing, is that um, how many times are you around people and they say, I just, I just can't control my tongue, right? I just, have, I, just, I just have a cursing problem. I just have a cursing problem. I can't stop cursing. I'm like, now you're lying. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm trying to tell you the truth. I said, well, you don't have a problem with it because you never swear in front of me. Why don't you swear in front of me? Well, you're a... Uh, <laughs> well, just check it out. God is a... Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's God. And he hasn't given you a false tongue. He's created you to worship him. And so you can't even say the devil made you do it. <laughs> you... That's good. Amen. Amen. So, so again, what Paul does here is flips the script. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, everything you say, be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Flipping the script. Instead of, oh, I have just a, I got a foul mouth. Well, how about saying, I have an encouraging mouth and start operating in it. 
Man, I have an encouraging mouth. The words that come out of my mouth are life-giving. And how does that happen? By having your mind set on the Spirit of God, not set on this world. Because a mind set on the Spirit of God is life and peace. The words I share are life and peace. If my mind is set on the flesh, it is death. Death to my joy, death to my peace, death to my fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Yeah, he's with you all of the time. Yeah. Like, I just think about, we're going to watch a movie tonight. Amen? We're going to watch a movie tonight, Rochelle and I. I don't know what movie it is. Let's just say we're going to watch a movie tonight. The one thing that a lot of people want to forget is that you're going to watch that movie with Jesus. Jesus is going to watch that movie right there with you. He's going to be right there. He's going to smile at the stuff you smile at. And he, and he I hope. He's going to laugh at the things you laugh at. I hope. Matter of fact, he's, he wants to pick a good one for you. And he's given you all kinds of tools to help you to be able to do that. You can just do a quick search and ask Rotten Tomatoes and see what they say about it. They'll even tell you how many times they use the Lord's name in vain. Is one too many? Come on. Now, I'm, just, I'm just asking. Because he's sharing with us just to live in a way that you wouldn't bring sorrow to his spirit. He says you can do anything. Anything, everything is lawful, but not everything is beneficial. Amen? Remember, he's identified you as his own. Like everything you do, you're rep representing yourself as king's kid. You're royalty. Last verse, 21, 22, 31, 32. Get rid of, this is your part. All bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, flip the script. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. <laughs>